Coming up on the Assassins Podcast, we've got Stephanie Bowker, co-founder and CMO of Our Space, joining the show to talk about the biggest challenge that individual contributors face as they transition to managers of people, aka the people puzzle problem. We go a little deeper to talk about the rise of the marketing assassin and why marketers in particular make great first-time founders and then touch on brand building and positioning during the stage of taking a company going from zero to one, something that we did incredibly poorly at Disco and we reflect on that experience. And then lastly, we rounded out with the growth of the international tech scene and Steph's experience founding a company from Paris, We We. All right, without further ado, Assassins, let's get into the show. Giddy up. See them dollar signs, assassin state of mind. Assassin state of mind. Hustle, grind. See them dollar signs way above the bottom line. Assassin state of mind. Hustle, grind. See them dollar signs, assassin state of mind. Assassin state of mind. Hustle, grind. See them dollar signs way above the bottom line. Assassin state of mind. They say money over everything. Everything gauge in the game. What is going on, everybody? Happy Friday. It's your host, Justin Vandehey, here at the Assassin's Podcast, where every week we have founders on the show talking about their journeys going from zero to one. This week on the podcast, we've got a special guest. She is a marketing assassin. The first marketing assassin, actually, we've had on as a founder. But she's led marketing leadership roles at Intuit and Gusto, most recently the VP of Marketing at Spendesk. She is now the co-founder and CMO of Our Space, working to improve modern team design. Steph Bowker, welcome to the Assassin's Podcast. Hey, Justin. How's it going? And yeah, happy happy Friday. Thank God, right? Thank God. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, dove into your background a little bit. I would love to start with the story around our space or what the origination story behind it, zero to one story and what, what led you to the concept and talk a little bit more about what y'all are focusing on. Yeah, absolutely. So I know you just ran a, a quick, quick through my background. And I think the, the latest experience at Spendesk where I joined employee 15 to build the marketing team. And this was my first kind of experience in where I moved from IC to manager to manager of managers. And it was during that time that I actually reconnected with one of my good friends and one of my fellow co-founders, Megan Murphy, who was the VP of product at Hotjar. And we started having these weekly recurring conversations about the struggles, not necessarily of our domain of, of being a marketing leader or a product leader, but it's honestly just how to best structure the team and how to make sure everyone else in the team knew who was working and what. And so Megan, she started interviewing product engineering and growth leaders on this topic, mostly just for her own expertise. And then quickly she found a pattern that we were not alone in being ill-equipped to solve this, what we were calling people puzzle problem. And so last spring, she convinced me alongside Mark Allen, our technical co-founder, who she previously worked at Skyscanner to start our space. So before we jumped on the, the podcast, we actually talked about a few of the use cases for our space. And you alluded to the, some of the, the personal pain that the team felt you know, as you were growing and scaling your earlier teams and working for previous startups. 
more specifically about organizational change, as well as how organizations are sort of reorganizing to fill maybe the skills gaps that they have within these companies. Can you speak to sort of some of the things that you're seeing in our current economic climate that makes our space a must-have for these types of companies that are facing these challenges? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, look, it's no secret that we're in a down market and tech is seeing a huge hit. I mean, I think I saw last week in New York Times that I I believe the number is 200,000 tech workers have been laid off since the start of 2022. So that, I mean means a lot, a lot of change that leaders, first-time managers are having to deal with. And it, it involves a lot of tough decisions on how to restructure the teams. And while there is a lot of great financial tools that are helping model out the different burn rate scenarios, there really isn't anything to help with the people and projects problem. And so that's really where we see a huge opportunity for us to support leaders in this process and helping them better collaborate and align with their peers on these tough decisions and then also help them on the communication as well to make sure because a lot of times the, the change management process, it takes a lot of time to really trickle down to make sure everyone in the, in the team knows what has been changed. And, and even in, without this economic change, you know, you've, you've gone through rapid growth companies. There's, there's a lot of dynamic changes, a lot of information that's all over the place. And so we will also want to help all employees, once the changes have been made, always have the easy go-to place so that they can navigate the organization and know who works on what and how, who best to work with for what. What's some of the early feedback that you've got from prospective customers on the OurSpace offering and how they think about OurSpace and the landscape of some of the solutions that they're, they're using? Yeah. So, I mean, just first to give, like, I think, a, a quick context. So we raised in May. 2022, and then we launched our private beta in October. And so since then, we've been overwhelmed by the support and interest. We doubled their wait list. And I would say some of the, the first feedback, or well, one, I think that that's kind of exciting to, because I know it's hard to describe what your product does in the early days. And, and one of the feedback we heard is that it, it's very similar to like a, a fantasy football app. And so I think that's kind of the, the metaphor that kind of best describes what we do is that we really just like fantasy football allows you to model out and give you insights and in how you want to build your team. We're, we're doing the same thing for, for software teams. And so for that, some of, I think the, the early feedback, you know, by far, I think the best, most loved features are things like skills-based searching for backfills, because usually that's something like super manual or tribal knowledge. And now you can quickly find who knows Java, or who has the previous ownership of pricing, and you can kind of bring them back in. And then I would also say this like really easy toggle between draft mode and live for the canvas. But obviously, as I kind of mentioned, we're super early, so lots and lots of areas for improvement. And I think one of the biggest one that's not a surprise for us is really getting to that aha moment faster because the true power of our space takes time to reveal itself because we have to collect historical data and it's super important for us to get all of your custom data into the product. So that's something that we're really focused on right now is making that onboarding for frictionless and ensuring that we really make the value obvious so that we make the juice worth the squeeze, as we like to say, because you really, you do have to port some of your existing data over to, to start using it. The fantasy football analogy is great because my team absolutely just blew this year. So I have a very clear visual of the market opportunity. And I had a chance to just check out some of the early screenshots of the betas. It's a pretty cool description and, and analogy. Okay. This is a shift in gears a little bit. I mentioned this in your intro. You're the first marketing assassin that we've had on the show, and you've led 
marketing for almost every stage of company. Why do ex-marketers, I don't even know, I would call you an ex-marketer, but like, mm. why do ex-marketers make great founders in your opinion? Yeah, great question. I mean, look, I don't think there's a one size fits all founder, but I definitely do think marketing and, and especially I think product marketing is a really great training ground for a founder life. And I would, I would probably pick two kind of skills that I've been really leaning into first. And I think, look, you, you probably know this yourself as a founder. I think storytelling as a founder, you need a vision, but you need to articulate that vision in a compelling way. And because you often, well before you have a product, well before you have the roadmap figured out, you need to convince investors, you need to convince your, your early beta customers, you need to convince employees to come work for you. And so I think having the ability to to really be able to articulate your vision in a story uh, is a super powerful skill that I've been leaning into. And then the second, uh, great. It is a tough journey. And I think marketers are really used to having to hit targets. And they're also quite competitive. And, and you need that competitive drive to sign your first customers. Because again, it's usually before you have the product. And so you need to be able to have that boldness in reaching out to people and comfortability and kind of pitching yourself before you're even ready to pitch the product. So this is a call. More marketers get out there. I think it's, uh, yeah, they're great. They're great fit founders. Reflecting on the disco journey, we didn't have a marketer. The, for honestly, the majority of the journey, and I really think it, it hurt us. This is a segue into the next question because we did this really poorly. And I think what you're saying really resonates, but how early do you think founders need to invest in their brand and in their positioning? Day zero. Because it's, it's, yeah. it's kind of happening, whether you're like intentional about it or not. I think that's what people kind of confuse. I mean, look, brand is really, again, just the impression people have in you. And I think people confuse saying like an investment in brand means like having a huge budget, making a splash or going bananas and, you know, getting that most expensive agency out there. And, you know, I'm not advocating for that because make sure you hit product market fit before you pull out the big wallets. But it's super critical that you take a time to articulate your company values, brand attributes and product principles at the same time to build that cohesion. Because I think that's where you see the disconnect in a lot of products who, who wait and think about layering on top of brand afterward. And it's awkward. It's, it's wonky and, and you really don't get the the cohesive customer experience that you're looking for. So I think it, it's something you've got to do really early. And if you're looking for a great example, my previous manager, Jolly Rose, who's now the CEO and founder of Mutiny, just posted a really great article on this on LinkedIn that I recommend. And I think that she's doing a lot of great work in exposing that. Yeah, that's really good. And I feel like positioning too, especially when you're in the early days and you're trying to figure out the landscape of where you fit, and what that message is, is, is super, super critical. Even in yeah. just, I've seen companies that have really nailed that and others that haven't. And even in, I guess, really established categories too. I think back to Nomi, our CEO, Mark Farentino at the time was brilliant at this. He was, a, he, he had a marketing background, but he was really, again, selling this idea. We were competing against door counters in retail stores. So how many people are coming in and out of stores? And what Mark was so brilliant at was being able to sort of paint this bigger vision around omni-channel and the future of retail. And that that's why, again, I think to your earlier point, the marketing narrative and establishing that in the beginning is so critical. This is a more tactical question, but what advice would you give to founders with a marketing background that are going through that process, working to find PM fit or working to find product go-to-market fit? 
So I'll first caveat my advice is this is now my first zero to one. You know, I've gone like I started big. And so I feel like I've, I've kind of gone reverse in growth. But I would say I think some of my early advice is, and it's one that I've you know been telling myself and my fellow co-founders is when finding product fit, market fit, you're not your customer. Even if you founded the idea and previously experienced pain, I think you have to quickly let go of your previous examples as a go-to reference, because I think quickly your headspace is in a totally new place when you become a founder. And I think you touch, you lose a lot of touch of your previous, your previous role. So I think that's my advice number one. I think advice number two, and I've seen this more when I was at Spendesk, is really not to overanalyze how you measure product market fit. Because you know when you don't have it. And so sometimes I think there's a lot of wasted energy and just trying to find, well, ooh, we just have to find the perfect way to measure it. And so I think Lenny's newsletter had, I think, one of my favorite articles on this topic where he lists out all the different ways about how to know if your product market fit from like the tried and true, like would people be upset if you no longer use this survey to like just people showing visible excitement. So I would say stop wasting energy and how, figuring if you didn't measure it correctly and instead just use that energy to to do everything you can to find it. And that usually just means talking to way more of your customers. Throwing a audible here on a question. Are you in Paris? Yes. You're in Paris. So it's like late, late night on a Friday. This is exactly where you want to be is talking to me. What's the tech scene like in Paris? Like you've now, you relocated for an international position. I was just curious to get what the vibe is around the startup community, both globally, either locally in Paris, to hear a little bit more about the international tech scene. So I moved here for almost five years ago. I would say the Paris tech scene is, is super hot. I think if you, you follow the news, I mean, honestly, the European tech scene saw a lot more growth last year than the US tech scene. And I think there's a lot of just excitement and newness. And so I think it's infused with new first-time founders who are, are really starting to take some of the learnings from SF, but making them really local here. So I think the tech scene is booming. That being said, I do think there are some major challenges that the European market has that make it difficult to compete with the US market, being that the market size of each of these individual co- countries is just much smaller. And I've, and now like seeing my experience at Spendest, it's, it's very complicated if you're a compliance based tool, like I was in fintech or if you're an HR tech or a lot of these ones that you have to have all these local regulated markets. And so I'll say it's definitely a challenge. But that being said, I think the, the European market is, is, is really learning fast. And I would be quite afraid actually being in the U.S. that I think some of the European companies I think are coming for the U.S. and I think they're they're a bit leaner. They usually don't raise as much, but I think they have a lot of adaptability that I think the U.S. market hasn't had to have for a long time. But now with these borderless markets, you have to be able to start serving an international clientele and the European, European markets have been doing it just much longer. Okay. We're going to let you get your Friday evening on <laughs> here. I just want to wrap with what is next for our space? And then also give you the opportunity to plug anything else if y'all are hiring or if there's anything else that you wanted to plug. Yeah. Well, I mean, what's next? I would say it's kind of everything. It's really just at the it's beginning. So, I mean, plug wise, look, if you are product growth engineering leader and, and you're excited about helping better organize your teams and, and want to help 
influence and shape how our space is built. Would love for you to to go over to our space and and join our beta. And we're super excited excited to work with you. Awesome! I appreciate you staying late and jumping on the marketing assassin. Everybody, we'll post to the newsletter too or the LinkedIn post because I'm I'm very anxious to read that. But very excited for what y'all are building at our space. Appreciate you sharing the journey with us. We'll keep in touch and hope you have you uh, back on the show soon. Thanks, Justin. Have a great weekend. All right, that is a wrap. Again, shout out to my dear friend, Stephanie Bowker, aka the marketing assassin and her entire team over at Our Space. Going to be awesome to watch the journey they're on as they take the company from zero to one. This week on the podcast, we've got a special guest on. I met this guy a couple weeks ago. He's This is the second time around, but the first journey, bootstrapped the whole thing, had an incredible exit selling the company to Citrix. So we're going to talk about that experience going through the M&A process and what he's working on currently. If you like the show, I'd love to hear from you. Any feedback on the show. If you want to leave a positive review, I won't hate you for that either. Always appreciate positive feedback or any insights that you can share for all the assassins out there. I appreciate y'all for tuning in every week. Keep hustling. Keep grinding. See them dollar signs, assassin state of mind, assassin state of mind, hustle, grind. See them dollar signs way above the bottom line, assassin state of mind, hustle, grind. See them dollar signs, assassin state of mind, assassin state of mind, hustle, grind. See them dollar signs way above the bottom line, assassin state of mind. They say money over everything, everything, nation the game. Shopping for a wedding ring, salary, startups, crypto, stock exchange. Appreciate every penny, pocket change. One phone call and your life can change. What's your love language? Can't do business if it ain't reciprocated. Closing deals on the daily.